Good morning and joyful. That's the theme of the day, joy. Advent means the coming of Christ. God deeply cares about the whole world. Do you ever doubt that? You can nod your head yes, because you doubt it when life gets hard for you. Does God really care? But God cares deeply for the whole world. God has acted to rescue humanity. God gives lavishly, abundantly to anyone who would call on his name for forgiveness. Do you believe that? Do you remember that today? You know, the angel's announcement to the the shepherds is kind of amazing. Uh, Scott just read that. And the angel said to them, fear not. Because when angels appear, people are always afraid. You don't normally see someone glowing like that. (laughs) Only in the movies, right? No, not only in the movies. For real, angels appear every so often. And when they do, they're glorious. And they gave this amazing announcement that God was coming, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And then there was a whole host of them. I wonder what it was like being a shepherd (laughs) at that moment. Can you imagine? But the amazing thing is, the angel said, for all people. Just think about that for a moment. For all people. Yeah, you. Lousy person you are. (laughs) Lousy person I am. The louts we are, sinners who rebel and go away. Yes, God came, sent the Savior for all people. Shepherds, the lower middle class, they were actually despised, even in Jewish culture. Tax collectors, those traitors and dishonest people. Prostitutes who were law, moral breakers, Roman soldiers, enemies and oppressors of God's people. Gentiles who knew nothing about the true God, who were idol worshipers and pagans. And Jews who were people of faith and Jews who were uh, hypocrites. God came for all people. Jesus came to rescue all people, including me and you. No wonder this should be a season of joy because God came in the flesh to save us. Redeem sinners. Sometimes we forget, if you are in that category this morning, someone who's received the gift of forgiveness through faith in Christ, we can forget how desperate we were before we believed without Christ, how desperate our lives were without him, or If you happen to be like me, rescued from my sins when I was pretty young, before I could get into a lot of trouble, I forget where I would be if it weren't for Christ rescuing me. I forget what God has saved me from before I even got there. And we need to be grateful for that. So we all should be joyful because of what God has done. You know, it's a profitable exercise on this third Sunday of Advent. Remember, it's hope is the first week, uh, then peace. Now it's joy. It's good to reflect on these things because God came to give us hope and peace. 
and joy. What Jesus did 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, still is working to change how we live. It still has effect. Because Jesus came, we can live joyfully even when life is not joyful. Joyful because of what God has done, what he's taking us to, how he is with us. Joy will be a constant companion in the near future. Constant, never to be taken away. It's a season for joy, simple outline today, because God cares. How do we know that's true? Because God has acted. How do we know he's come to rescue us, really? And God gives lavishly, abundantly, to all who look to him in faith. So it's a season for joy, a season for joy because God cares deeply for all of creation, but especially for all of humanity. Again, in Luke chapter two, uh, just kind of like our foundation verses here, a baby is born, but not just any baby. It's God, the son, God forever. Jesus, who never was not God. Does that make sense? Never not God, always God. And yet he humbled himself and, and, and let go of all his glory for a few moments so that he could be near us, so he could be with us. The mystery of God becoming human. I really don't fully understand it. And yes, it happened. And he wasn't less God when he was human. He just humbled himself and his glory was not as evident all the time, yet there it was in all his glory. God with us. What a surprise. God the Son. How would you come if you were God and you wanted the world to know you were here? How would you have come? <laughs> well, you'd want the red carpet rolled out, wouldn't you? you want a big fanfare. And if not a big band, at least a, a, a blazing rock and roll band or something to announce that you're here. Lights, camera, action. But God didn't come that way. He came humbly. You know, God the Son was taken care of by God the Father. But isn't it something that Mary and Joseph had to obey and flee to Egypt to protect God? So human beings were a part of it, people of faith. That's an amazing thing. Angels were watching over Jesus, but human belief and obedience and relationship with him were part of the plan. We were talking a little bit about it today in, in the follow-up class to fruitfulness on the front lines. We were talking about young people, teenagers and, and young adults. And I just take great comfort in this. And, and children, don't want to forget the children because they're so important. Because Jesus blessed them and said, you better let them come to me. Because they're as important to me as anyone in all the world. Jesus knows what it's like to be a child. Jesus knows what it's like to be a teenager. Jesus knows what it's like to be a grown-up with all its worries and cares and happy moments and joys. <laughs> and he learned obedience. He walked in our experience. He was tempted like we are, yet without sin. And that makes him the perfect 
advocate, the perfect lawyer for you, standing before his father, the perfect savior, because he knows sinners well. He lived among us. God cares about the whole world and its problems. Believe that this morning because he came here and he's near and he lives among us. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 139, it's a familiar psalm to many of us. Let me just read a few verses from it, the first 12 actually. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol or the grave, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. And the psalmist goes on and on. But do you understand that God is near you and me? That's kind of scary, isn't it? Because he's your judge and he knows you. You fool me and I fool you, but you don't fool him. But on the other side of that coin is that's great comfort (laughs) for every individual. God is omniscient, all knowing. He's all present, omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. So he knows us. He knows that for us individually. He knows that about every town that's grieving this morning in our own country. But think about all the nations in the world and all the villages and all the backwood places and all the terrible places and all the developing nations that there's evil going on and God knows every individual and what's going on. He knows their hearts in every town and every nation and every people group and every corner of the globe. For where does my help come from? Believer in Christ, where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He never sleeps on the job. Child of God, have joy this morning because God is near and he cares. We know he cares because he sent Jesus Christ and he came and lived among us. So that is joy making truth. Hey, the world's trouble can be boiled down to a single word. Do you know what that word is? Sin. Falling short of God's glory. We have rebelled against God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all turned everyone to his own way. And we can't fix it by ourselves. But Jesus came near so that he could do it. And he's working through his people, through the power of the Holy Spirit, those who believe in him, to make a difference in our world so others can be joyful too for forever.
now and forever. So again, this morning, I just remind us, if you're not yet a believer in Christ, consider who God is and what he knows about you and what he came to do for you, for all people. The good news for all people, he came to save us from our sins. He came to live among us. He came to teach us. He came to die for our evil ways so that we could be made right with God. We need to go out then like Jesus to be near people who need to know Jesus. To be near sinners so they can see and hear how God's life and power can transform them into new people, better people, the people they want to be and can't be on their own. So invite people to worship with us for sure. But go be out there with those not yet Christians. Because Jesus came to humbly serve and we see that that's what he did. He grew up. He went village to village. He had relationship. So we gather to be equipped. We scatter by Christ's power to reveal his life in others. So it's a time to be joyful, people of God, because Christ came near to show us how to live. He came to rescue us. So be joyful. I know you have masks on. So it's hard to see if you're smiling or not. It's a season for joy because God cares and he proved it by sending Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to be near us, to live life with us. It's a season for joy because God acts. He sacrificed himself to save us. Turn with me to, in your Bibles, if you would, to Romans chapter 5. I was rereading this passage this morning, and I I wanted to focus on verses 6 through 11 for a few minutes, but I noticed this morning as I was reading the first 11 verses that verses 1 through 5, and you can just look at this on your own. We, we, We won't take time to look at it together this morning, but did you know all the words are there for Advent in verses 1 through 5? Yeah. Hope, peace, joy. And love. You can find those. But let's read verses 6 through 11. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We've been moved from a position of enemy to friend, from unrighteous to righteous. That's amazing, joyful truth. God saw our desperate need. Verse 6 says, while we were still weak at the right time, Jesus died for the ungodly. We were weak. We were ungodly. We were powerless to stop doing wrong. Sinful behavior makes us ungodly and unfit to be in God's holy presence. And again, sin and death, you, you know it. 
you're powerless. It's always nipping at our heels. It's always after us. And we often fall into it, even when we don't want to. Education helps us a little bit, but we fail to even obey our own human laws. You know, I, didn't, I haven't had a speeding ticket in years. But that doesn't mean I haven't broken the law. We fail to obey our own human laws, let alone God's perfect moral laws. I've never murdered anybody. Well, then again, I've hated somebody enough to strike them, enough to say things about them that I wouldn't want repeated, at least not in front right here, right now. I've fought it. And God, who knows all things, sees it and knows it, and he died for that. Isn't that something? You can be forgiven of all that wrong. God saw our desperate need, it says in verse 6. And then in verse 6 and 7, it says, but he did something. Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. At the right time, Jesus came and died. He died for the ungodly. What do you do with people you don't like? People who are mean to you. You shake your head and you walk away. What did Jesus do? He came and he rescues. He comes near and saves. He comes near and seeks to reach those who would have nothing to do with him. Those who hate him, he hangs on the cross and says, forgive them. Father, they don't know what they're doing. That's how much God loves us, cares for us. He acted on our behalf. The Son of God did what we could not do for ourselves. I love Isaiah. I've already quoted him once, all we like sheep have gone astray. That's Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 64, the prophet Isaiah said this about, about ourselves, a picture of who I am without Christ's forgiveness, without his new life. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. I love this picture because I just raked them this week. We shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Do you feel like the world's getting swept away by its sin, by its unrighteousness, by its confusion, by its not knowing what's right or wrong, not knowing who to believe or to trust anymore, looking for a leader and not finding them anywhere in any government system, in any political party, in any social system. We all have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. That's where we are. But God didn't move away. He came to. He didn't shake his head. He didn't point his finger. He reached out his hands. And he welcomes us. He did what no other creature could do, Jesus Christ. God and human. 
Holy angels are not God and they're powerful, but they can't die for our sins. Unholy angels, Satan and the demons aren't willing to die for us. They're not able to die for us. They can't rescue us. They only lead us astray. They want to destroy us. They, the Satan himself has plotted the wicked plan in the garden against Adam and Eve. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's my adversary. And the best of our human thoughts, our laws and government and education can't break the power of wickedness. We've had thousands of years to overcome it and we can't. But God has overcome it through Jesus Christ. He died for sin. He's raised to life. It proves he is the one. One step forward, two steps back is the world's plight. Who will deliver us? Look to God's appointed one, Jesus Christ. Chuck Swindoll tells a great story. Let me share it with you. A missionary was sitting at her second story window when she was handed a letter from home. As she opened the letter, a crisp new $10 bill fell out. This must have been a few years ago. <laughs> That was a lot of money. She was pleasantly surprised, but as she read the letter, her eyes were distracted by the mo movement of a shabbily dressed stranger down below, leaning against a post in front of the building. She couldn't get him off her mind. Thinking that he might be in greater financial stress than she, she slipped the bill into an envelope on which she quickly penned, don't despair. She threw it out the window. The stranger below picked it up, read it, looked up and smiled as he tipped his hat and went on his way. The next day, she was about to leave the house when a knock came at the door. She found the same shabbily dressed man smiling as he handed her a roll of bills. When she asked what they were for, he replied, that's the 60 bucks you won, lady. Don't despair, paid five to one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we needed to laugh. Huh? Wow, God pays better than five to one. Don't be afraid to trust in God for eternal life, for your joy now. He will provide what we need. So it is really a season to be filled with joy because God cares. And how do we know this? Because he came near to rescue us, to teach us, not to condemn us. And he, he acted on our behalf. He didn't walk away. He came and then he died for us. He died for our sins so that we could be forgiven. He came and lived with us. He died in our place. So it's a season for joy. And thirdly, it's a season for joy because God gives lavishly, abundantly to anyone who asks. Look at verses 9 through 11 of Romans chapter 5. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from him, through him, from him, from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. How do we know God gives lavishly? 
What's the first proof that God gives to you more than you ever deserve or can imagine? Well, you know John 3.16. Maybe you don't, but it goes like this. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. And who did he give? His son. God himself gave himself. That's pretty abundant, lavish giving. He didn't send someone else high up in the ranks. He went to the top. There was no one greater or more glorious, and he gave. He gives lavishly. That is God's style. He gave the wonderful counselor to us. He gave the mighty God to us. He gave the everlasting father to us. He gave the prince of peace to us. He gives lavishly. Come, again Isaiah chapter 55, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you will have, you who have no money. Maybe that's you today. (laughs) Come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor and what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will be, will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Again, the Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquity. You see, God cares. God acts for our good. He gives abundantly. That's God's way. (laughs) It's just who he is. So in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did he do? Did he walk away? No, he walked to them. And then he covered up their shame. He covered up their sin. He drove them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat of the tree of life and live forever in that state of sin. When something terrible happens in the world, there was another shooting this week, wasn't there, in a school? I better not get political, but we Americans are really stupid. Evil is looking us in the eye, and we won't admit it that we can't control ourselves, that we're leading our children astray, that the sins of the fathers is being poured out on our children. And yet we won't turn to God. Why doesn't God do something? Well, there's a reason God hasn't done anything. Well, God has done something, hasn't he? He cares. He acted and he gives abundantly if we would just call out to him. And Peter says there's only one reason why God doesn't come back. Jesus hasn't come back and straightened all the evil out in the world. Do you know what it is? Because he's patient. Because he's compassionate. Because he cares. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. You're probably many of you are familiar with the verse. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, 
but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Aren't you so glad that Jesus didn't come back before you had the opportunity to believe, to receive forgiveness? Instead of lost, you're found. Instead of dying and suffering eternally, you can live forever because he is patient. Drink Jesus' water this morning, unbeliever or believer. Drink it in. Eat of Christ's life-giving bread. Believe and be saved from this wicked generation. That's Jesus' words to us. Those without faith, if you are here this morning, hear that and ponder it. And those of you who have believed, be reminded of God's regular care, his faithful care, his sacrificial act, his abundant, unending blessings. Remember, God pays better than five to one. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you because God is generous. We don't deserve it, but he's abundant in his mercy. Not only does he forgive us of our sins, but he gives us more. He's washed us clean. He gives us a new wardrobe. He gives us white robes, which are a symbol of his righteousness, even though we are still unrighteous. He gives us spiritual armor so that we can go using the spirit of God and the word of God to be active in our world and actually do something for God's good. We can use the armor of God against Satan's attacks against us. Were you tempted this week? Yes. Did you use the armor that God provided that he gives us abundantly? God cares. He's acted. He freely gives when we ask. There was a hospital in England that gave food to anyone who would ask. But they had to knock on the door. Come by and eat the best food and drink for your soul without money or cost. That's what Jesus is yelling out every Christmas. Come. I care deeply for the world. I came. I love the world. I acted. I suffered to save you. I give my righteousness freely to anyone who asks. God holds nothing back from anyone who ask. Charles Spurgeon happens to be one of my favorite guys to read. <laughs> he was known as a prince of preachers. There's been lots of prince, prince of preachers, but he was an amazing communicator. And his sermons from the late 1800s still have powerful impact. But here, here's the story. He was emphasizing to his preaching class, he was in seminary, the importance of making facial expressions that harmonized with what was being said. Do I do a good job at that? Don't answer that. <laughs> and here's what he said. You know, good facial expressions to match what you're talking about. When you speak of heaven, Spurgeon said, let your face light up. Let it be radiating with heavenly gleam. Let your eyes shine the reflecting of the glory of God. And when you speak of hell, 
Well, your ordinary face will do. <laughs> he had a great sense of humor. Think about Christ. Think about Jesus and all the glories that are coming. The glories that are yours now. And it'll give you joy, even if life isn't as joyful as it could be or has been in the past. Or you're worried won't be in the future. It'll move you to care for the world. And to get near to the mess. So where will you go this week to be near the mess? You might only have to go back home, but be near the mess and show you care the way Jesus came and cared for you and for me. Give new life and hope by being near. Remembering what Jesus did, he acted, will move me and you to sacrifice to rescue people from eternal death. Think about what you can do, little things, to move toward people, not away from them, but toward them. Those who don't deserve God's mercy, none of us do, to sacrifice so that they might live. Think about what Jesus and how Jesus gives and how much he gave so that it will open up your life to be a little more generous with your things and with your words and with the hope of the gospel. Joy comes from thinking about the riches we have in Christ. Joy comes when you think about all that Jesus endured for you. Joy comes when you ponder the treasures that you already own, but one day you're going to be experiencing it with the Lord. That's the joy of Jesus' coming. Take it out with you this week. Let's pray. Lord, would you turn our eyes away from lesser things so that we really see more of your glory and the glories and the beauty of all that you have given us, who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, I would ask you today for the downhearted, for those who are hurting that are even here among us, those that feel sad, that you would renew your joy in them as they think about you and your care and how you acted on their behalf and how you want to give them life abundant. Lord, let it be so. We ask this all in the name of Christ. Amen.